May I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
and yet it is so far from W.H. Auden's bold claim, and it is a world away from John and the Baptizer's apocalyptic proclamation. This pillow might look good in your living room. It does, I'm on it. Consider him, this unique 
figure standing at the juncture of the ages, at the hinge of it all. The one who, according to Fleming Rutledge, even before his conception, was called into being by the divine purpose to declare the apocalyptic arrival of God on our scene. A very real person and a prophet, one who was certain of his mission, and yet who also doubted and got it wrong sometimes. One foot very rooted in the dust of the Jordan Valley and the other somehow boundless and unconfined by time and space, one hand dipping into the waters of the Jordan and the other pointing at us. Like all prophets, his very personhood evidences the tensions of the Christian life and faith, the tensions that we draw near in Advent, calling into stark relief the distance between the way things are and the way things are meant to be, and yet also asking that we bind them together, knowing that they are all held within the embrace of our Lord already and ultimately redeemed. This is the truth to which John testifies. This is the truth to which our joy is bound. A joy made all the more potent by the paradox of this world. My friend Sarah Condon wrote an article this week titled, Put the Sad Back in Christmas Enough with the Forced Holly Jolly, also a food for special. <laughs> Sarah lost both her parents recently in a tragic car accident. Not one to mince words, she writes, it seems a ridiculous expectation that the day we remember the birth of our Savior is the same day that we expect some kind of euphoric joy. Because Jesus comes to us in the ruinous trenches we dig and decorate. He comes to us in our most broken parts. And so to experience some kind of mandated electric happiness feels like it misses the point entirely. The truth about Christmas is that it holds everything all at once. Yes, you can be thankful and depressed about spending Christmas with your family. Yes, you can want to buy your kids gifts and to become utterly put out by the energy the task demands, yes, Jesus was born to save us, but yes, there is death still, too. The light of the world has come to save us from our sin, but we have to be willing to really see it, which means that we have to admit to our ever-present darkness. Today, the third Sunday of Advent is known as Godhead Sunday, taking its name from the Latin word, which means Rejoice. To look at our readings this morning is to see a theme, an announcement of a joyful and celebratory message that most anyone would love to hear, namely a promise and a proclamation that God sees, God hears, and God will act for those who most need God's help. With the birth of Jesus, God is with us, with you and with me. 
For the prophet Isaiah, St. Paul, the psalmist, and the luggage on the Baptist, this announcement comes not in the midst of peace, but in climates of uncertainty, instability, brokenness, war, and sorrow. It is a Christmas proclamation of hope, even in the midst of despair, a testimony of light in the darkness. Nothing that is possible can save us. We must die, demand a miracle, and that is what God has provided. Impossibly, God has intervened. We have not gone towards God. God has come to us, delivering a son who is our hope and our comfort, Jesus the Messiah. And through that which plagues us, that which haunts us, that which deeply grieves us, is redeemed finally and for all time. This is the real magic of the season. This is where our truest hope lies. This is the reason to rejoice. And him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not, and it will not overcome it. Amen. Amen. Amen.